bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hey guys, and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself and my lovely co-host, Catherine G. Mendoza. I'm trying to say it more grown up. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hello, people. Should, I love how your your hands. So for anybody watching this, since we're side by side, her hand went towards me. And I feel like when it's just you and I, we should be addressing each other like that yeah. on camera. We should just be like, right, Gina? I don't know if the people can, if, if I'm side by side with you right now on yours, but you're above me on mine. Oh, you're side by side on mine. Yeah, it's so weird because I never know what the view is. So I'm like, you're like up, like technically like you're like up there. Oh, you know, but you could probably change that. But the thing is, when this recording comes, like, exports, we're side by side. Oh, okay. So, well, then. Well, then I was correct with my hand gesture. <laughs> like this. My natural hand gesture. <laughs> um, so, I... Have you ever heard of the show Younger? Jade. Okay, so you know that Younger was created by Darren Starr, the guy who created Sex in the City. And like, it's about like um, a 40 something year old woman who was married and was getting a divorce, like was left, her child was um, like going to college. She needed to know how to reinvent herself. So she moved from New Jersey to Williamsburg with like her artsy friend. And in order to get back into publishing, she decided to lie about her age and say she was 27 because every time she tried to get a job saying she was her actual age in the 40s she wasn't getting a job so i've been watching it all these years i'm not I'm, i don't have an opinion on the show good or bad i like aspects mm-hmm. but it really made me think because they're in season four and her secret has been revealed sorry for anybody spoilers yeah spoiler um but itchy. Uh, um how do you feel about that like as a woman because I feel like this is a very, you know, that's the, the, the statement it's trying to make. That as a woman, age is something you have to lie about in order to change your career or do something that, like, you do something new. Because it goes into, like, youthfulness um, and how that is more appealing. So just, like, would you lie if that was you and you decided not to be a comeback? I'm a stubborn hoe. I don't like lying about my age. Mm-hmm. For a lot of reasons. One, one of the biggest reasons is because I am so afraid of getting older that lying about it just to me prolongs the fear and feeds the fear. So if if I'm at least honest with people about my age, then I'm not as afraid of it as I get older. Like the it just shows so much of like when you lie about your age. Like I could like I'm not one of those women that's like oh no I'm like turning 27 one more time. Like, no, bitch, I'm 40. I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie about it because eventually it's going to come out. Eventually somebody's going to find out. And then you look mad corny that you lied about your age. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, I think that's what it proposes, right? It's this idea, like in your personal life, I don't, I, I feel like if in your personal life you lie about your age, then that's insecurity. Yeah. But in your career, for instance, like that's but the whole it's gonna thing. Come out. That's the thing. It's going to come out at some point. Right. But like technically they hired you because you said you were 27. So technically they couldn't fire you for saying when they find out you're 47 because that's ageism. 
and that's illegal as well. I'm saying that if you were changing your profession and you found that being, I don't know, the sex therapist is only appealing if you say you're 27, that's the only way you're getting that starter job, would you do it? Probably not, only because I, I can't see myself being comfortable in a place where I had to lie about my age to work there in the first place. Like, what about an industry? What about what? An industry. I don't know. Like, I just can't see myself being forced to lie about my age and making myself psychologically okay with that. Because then when it comes out, I'm embarrassed. I look mad corny. Now they're in a position where they can't fire me. So I've intentionally screwed them over. Knowing that it would be ageism, I lied about my age. Because it's ageism regardless. The fact that they wouldn't hire me is ageism. The fact that they can't fire me is ageism. Right. So, like, either way, it's ageism regardless. Right. And I just don't see myself, like, even in entertainment, like, you see women that are ashamed of their age or afraid of their age. They're constantly trying to look younger and younger and younger. It's not just about um, your age being younger. It's about you looking younger. It's why people, like, Botox their faces and get injections in their lips and try to make their faces look youthful. It's because in this industry, you're essentially told, like, if you're old, you're done. Right. And it's a stigma. And then there's women that prove it wrong and end up being successful later on in life. You know, the, the Chelsea Handlers of the world, the Whitney Cummings of the world, you know, even, even with JLo's success at her age, like, you're looking at these women and you're like, I mean, yeah, JLo busts her hump to look dumb good for her age. Yeah, and JLo has resources that allows her exactly. to, like, let's be honest. Like, I'm not saying that JLo would be, like, fat and old looking if she was, like, an average girl, but she might be a little bit, she wouldn't be that. Yeah, and she might be, be a sexy Thea, but that would be, her goal would be sexy Thea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, now she has the resources, the personal trainers, she can get acupuncture, she can get this, she can get that, she can get all this stuff done. Even down to the creams. Like- yeah, the creams, the treatments, there's a ton of stuff that celebrities do to get rid of cellulite, to get rid of wrinkles, to get rid of everything, which makes sense because they got to be on camera and there is that stigma, so they're always going to want to look good. But even if you look at like Helen Mirren, she's freaking gorgeous. Like, let's be real. For like a vieja, she's freaking gorgeous. Come on now. And yeah. even just a woman, she's just freaking beautiful as a woman because she took care of herself. Yeah. I think it's more about, and in the industry, uh, the industry question, like, would I lie about my age for the sake of being in an industry? Mm-hmm. I could not see myself doing that just for the mere fact that I would be so embarrassed when it finally came out. Okay. I would be mortified, and people in that industry would most likely lose respect for me would you do you understand somebody who would oh totally i totally understand the fear like i said i have a fear of getting older no 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 not that fear just the idea of like i i know that my only skill is black right and therefore and i know my only passion that i never got to pursue because again the the storyline is she was married and had a kid and kind of sacrificed all of that for her kid right and now she has the opportunity to pursue the thing she never got to pursue but unfortunately time is not in her favor because that industry works that way so it's kind of like do you give up your dream because you prolonged your dream 
You know? It's not about giving up your dream. I don't see it as you're giving up your dream. The road might be harder and that's going to suck. Like the road just might be harder. And well, that's kind of the point of the show. Like yeah, realistically <laughs> looking at it, it's is going to be harder because you're older. Well, like, I mean, that's, that's, so going into more of the premise, it's like she can't even get an assistant job. You know, like she's definitely not going to be a publisher in the publishing industry, but to get into the, to the office, into that world, you just have to start as an assistant, but they want 20 something year old assistants. So she looks young, right? Like the character, the actress, um, looks young and that's why she gets away with it. It's weird because I feel like it really does bring about this like moral ethical question because I, I don't think it's about insecurity necessarily to me i'm not saying i would or wouldn't i think it's really about like um as a woman the pressure of being younger makes you more appealing and therefore this is not an issue a man would have right yeah, no it's not an issue a man would have and the reason why i say it is steeped in insecurity is that i know too many women in various industries that mm -hmm. face this issue but they face it head on mm -hmm. and they face it with that ballsy like no, I'm not going to lie to you. I am this age. I have this experience. You, right. either, you either fuck with me or you don't is essentially what they're saying. Like, you're going to want to work with me. This is the experience I have. Yeah. Now, it's different when you have a low level experience, mm -hmm. but you're of executive age. Yes. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. yeah. If, if, different, if you have nothing to show them, yeah. then even still, like if we're talking about just for me personally, I would probably just tough it out only because I can't imagine being okay knowing that I'm lying constantly to people. The kind of person I am, I'd just be like, somebody's going to find out. Like every day, I'd be like, somebody in HR is going to contact me when they find out what my actual birthday is. Because when you think about it, like faking your age on a corporate level, on an industry level, mm -hmm. that's an in-depth process. You're not just talking to people and saying, oh, I'm X amount of years younger than I actually am. Yeah. You gotta have documents. You have to have a driver's license. You have to have this. You have to have that. Like, you gotta lie extensively. Yeah, you have to fake your identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, and I hear what you're saying, but I think that, um, like, I also don't see myself necessarily lying. I think that, like, what I liked about the premise when I first started watching the show was the idea of someone who kind of made her life, like, because I think that Women have to choose. Mm -hmm. You either start your career or you start your family, right? Some people, that's why they start their families later. Yeah. Or start their, um, start their uh, families earlier and then pursue the career. And in this situation, that seems to have been the thing. I feel like realistically in an industry as if, if she wanted to be a model, then yes, tough it out because I don't think you can really lie about being 27 if you want to be a model. But something like in the show, it's publishing. Um, you know, the only other alternative is like to work at a bookstore if you want to be a publisher. Like she really would have to go to a bottom of a bottom that actually has no line to get to the top. So like the character, what I really enjoy, she does struggle with that. Like the, I don't want to lie. I don't feel like I should have to lie. And living with that lie and how that builds into new lies. That's what I like about it. It just makes it, it's, I think what's most interesting about the concept is really this idea that like, as women, we are expected to look 
um, younger, to look more youthful. And then, like you said, oh, that idea of executive age. Yeah. Our, our guest is coming in right now. Wow. All right. Three minutes oily. We have our guests here. Let's Are they in the waiting room? They're in the waiting room. We have a waiting room. They're in the waiting room. We shall bring our guests in from the waiting room. We're so fancy with our waiting room. <laughs> Everybody has a waiting room. We're so fancy with our Zoom waiting room. We Hi. Hi. I can't Hi. see you. Did I can hear oh, you. Man. Okay. Gosh darn it. This. Okay. <laughs> uh, I might have to um, log out and then, uh, uh oh, I hear a child coming in anyway. I'm doing a work thing. Hi. Oh, this is amazing. This is great. She this can't great. see. She can't see. Oh, man. Okay. Let me log back out and come back in because okay. I make <laughs> sure no my problem. camera works. Sorry. Okay. No worries. Technical difficulties. 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 <laughs> that great clip where the news reporter was at home trying to report the news from home and his son came <laughs> in and then his wife came in and you just see his frustration. He's just really ice cream man. Mr. Frosty. That's Mr. Frosty. Mr. Frosty, yo. <laughs> These authentic New York sounds are brought to you by Mess in Progress. In the, in, the, in the streets of New York. In the streets of New York. He goes by Mr. Frosty. He goes by Mr. Frosty. He, he gets on your block and expects you to scream at your mother. Throw down a dollar. Throw down a dollar. <laughs> what buys a dollar for Mr. Frosty? Oh, I'm talking the 90s, yo. Back in the day, maybe. Back in the day, that, that, that bought you a Tweety Bird Icy? You remember the Tweety Bird? That's what Icy I always wanted the soft serve and the cone. I mean, yeah, but like, because the, the Icy's were more expensive. Because the soft serves were at least 50 cents, 75, if you want Yeah. But the, the Tweety Bird, Tweety Bird was big in the 90s. Yeah. And, and for some reason, the packaging was always beautiful. But when you opened the Tweety Bird's eye was on his lower cheek. Yeah, it was like a low-budget Tweety Bird. <laughs> like, this Tweety Bird had been through some shit. Like, this Tweety Bird <laughs> had lived a hard bird life. He was like, eat me, just end it all. <laughs> so the one I never got was the rocket one. I never got, I was like, ew. Why, yeah, why? It was very, um, what's the word? Uh, Phallic? Yes, that, thank you for knowing what word I was thinking. Like, yes. Yeah, it was very, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, uh, even as a little girl, I was like, mm-mm. You couldn't be on the block, like, just chupando? No, you couldn't. You could barely do that with a lollipop without getting in trouble. Okay, our guest is back. Let's see yes. if the camera is on. Uh, <laughs> when we're talking oh. about, <laughs> about young, booty ice creams. <laughs> young, booty ice creams. Hey! <laughs> How are you? How are you? Hi, that works. Sorry about that. My daughter wanted to tell me that she did not get stung by a bee. So, well, well. this is important information. <laughs> this, is, this is very important information. Uh, is your partner in crime joining us? I think so. Let me, she, no, I know so. Let me send her a text. <laughs> we, I know so. we both did another, uh, we did another, let me see. Where are you? Question mark. Oh yeah, no, she's here. She's joining us right now. Oh okay. Uh, we both have we've been doing all these zooms and stuff, and so uh, Max, like, disable your camera or something. Oh hey, there she is. Audio. 
Hey. Um, I would like to just say, first of all, hello. Yeah, okay, good start. And a second, secondly, 11 minutes ago, I was in the pool with my kids. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, very impressive. Artist. I see that. Let me tell you, they heard all the words because I don't wear a watch <laughs> in the pool and we're on quarantine. And I was like, like I was underwater and I was like, <gasps> like I came out of the water, ran, and I did this in 11 minutes. Nice. That I is, just want to say. That, that is, really is. Oh. I'm not going to actually clap because it's rude and yeah. loud. But. <laughs> well, thank you. You guys both look adorable. Jen, as always, you look very pretty. I oh, look like thanks. a cheerleader. That's what Gina told me. That's the first thing I said is that she looked like a cheerleader. You do. I love that, and I, but I thought it was like intentional. I did too. I thought like, is that a trend? Cool. I know. I'm sure it is. Because you know, yeah. like, it works for you. The look, the cheerleader look works for you. I can't. Mm -hmm. Pull off a cheerleader. I yeah. like the girl that got rejected from the yeah. cheerleading squad. If I a cheerleader with a WTF cup. That's my entire personality. Yeah. I like Listen, that. I feel like we're all a little bit of that person. As a mother, especially, you're like, I am here for you, but what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Uh, the I Mom So Hard team, Kristen and Jen, uh, you guys are so funny. We, we had a pleasure just watching you guys, watching your stuff, doing our stalking. We had to stalk you a little bit. <laughs> you know, we always have to stalk our guests. We try to find out as much as we can. But we do this thing on the show where we do three rapid-fire questions. So we start Ooh. off with that. So we're gonna, I'm okay. going to hit you with the three rapid-fire questions. You guys answer in whatever order you see fit. Jen's so nervous right now. I know. If they're geography or history, we're in big <laughs> trouble. <laughs> no, nothing like okay. that. Oh, okay. I would do that. I would fail those. I would never do that. <laughs> um, all right. Where are you both from? What's your zodiac signs, each of you? How did you get started as comedians or in comedy? And how did you guys initially meet? Oh, God. Okay. It's all uh, very related, actually. It's all very related on some weird spiritual level. Uh, wait, what was the first question? Uh, well, we're both from Nebraska, only we didn't know each other there, which is seemingly mathematically impossible because it's not that populated. I mean, it's like a million people. And we were like, you know, had all the same friends, both like starting doing comedy around the same age and didn't know each other. It took us each separately moving to LA and then meeting in a parking lot, drinking beers to finally connect. Yeah, that's exactly right. And when we started to unpack all of the people we knew in common, it was that point where we were like, well, this is just dumb. So then we became very fast friends. And we always make the joke that Jen knew more people at my wedding than I did. Because yeah. we just knew all of the same people down to like random neighbors of mine in my little tiny town that she ended up like waiting tables with. It was just bizarre. It was bizarre. Yeah. And our friendship was meant to be so... When we hit the ground running, we were like, well, we don't need all those formalities. Let's, yeah. Let's just be best friends. We skipped them and became best friends. Yeah. Do you remember what parking lot it was? Like where you guys were in LA? Absolutely. I could tell you. Is that okay? Because I, okay. Uh, it, was in a, it was in a place called Fanatic Salon, which great bunch of improvisers over there. <laughs> and it was, I always say that like they didn't change the sign. They just took out 
it was called the salon. Like whatever was the word before salon, they just covered that up and then called it the salon. God bless him. Theater doesn't have a ton of dough, you know? Um, but I went and saw Jen in a show and I remember thinking, wow, she's really funny. And man, she wears a lot of accessories. Because I was your typical. I'm proud of both of those takeaways, actually. <laughs> I'm good with both. Yeah, those are accurate. And I was the improviser who like wore like a comically ironic t-shirt and jeans and my Chuck Taylors and was that so person. I, and I never did this math, but this is weird that I was on an improv team with Kristen's college roommate. True. And we didn't know each other. And then that night I was on an improv team with her current roommate. Yep. And my very, very close friend who invited me to the show. So like the fact that we didn't know each other, we met in that moment and it was, it was like, we both, nobody's from Nebraska. So we found this other Nebraska person and it felt like it's weird because we're Midwest and you think like, but you do feel that loss of being away from home. And so having someone who speaks your language, who knows the food that you grew up on, like all of that makes you feel- The fried stuff, the fried the, food. The fried, yeah. the beige, the- it's not that exclusive a group, but no, it's- I'm not saying that we're like chefs or anything, Jen, everything's <laughs> But it was so nice to have somebody that like, when you're out here and you're by yourself, it feels really nice to have a friend that like gets it. Yeah. I had yeah. from the Midwest the when, he, uh, when he came out here to New York, it was a culture shock. Your yeah. husband's from- the Midwest from where? Yeah, he's from Indiana. Oh my oh. God. He's like from the Midwest. Sorry guys, I have something in my eyeball because I did my mascara too fast. That's a, <laughs> that's a cool state in the Midwest. We don't even, like we're so deep Midwest that we don't even, like Indiana's like a huge city. Like we don't even. Really? Is that what it's considered? Kind of. It's kind of fancy. It's like. People go like, when we say we're from Nebraska, people are like. I know I took geography in third grade and that was yeah. one of the 50 states. <laughs> yeah. It's but the bullseye. Yeah, okay, it's Hoosiers. It's cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I, up until a certain point, was one of those people. It's so fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what? where it is. It's somewhere. It's on the We're, map. Yeah, the only reason you would know us if you're heavily into beef or corn. Which I am, so that works out. But. Those are two requirements from where we're from. Yeah. If you gave up either one of those things, our people would, like, revolt. <laughs> the love is that serious. You can do anything, but you give up beef or corn, you might as well not come home. So not, well, a, lot of, uh, not a lot of vegans out there, unless they're solely surviving off corn. No, that just means you don't eat pork. Like, where we're from, oh. like, a vegan is just one meat group that is not eaten. They're like, oh, you're off you're off beef. Okay. You only eat pork or you're off pork. So you only eat beef. There's no, there's no yeah. 100%. When I didn't eat meat, and I, like that, I, I don't got like back meat. into it and I would like go home to like Omaha to, and have breakfast with my dad at like Denny's or something. And I'd say, <laughs> do you have any, um, vegetarian sausage? And they're like, yeah, turkey sausage. <laughs> that's what I think too. That's hilarious. Yeah, turkey sauce. They don't count turkey sauce. No, that's, that's better that's a than bird. That crap that's that they give you. actually sounds like Latino parents yep. because the same thing. Meat is like, what do you mean you don't eat meat? Like, yeah. why? The first time I what are you going to eat for Christmas? Yeah. I told my mom I was a vegetarian. She was like, even chicken? <laughs> yeah, mom, even chicken. The yeah, indignation it, is strong in all of them, in all does, of our it, mothers. It doesn't it, matter. It, 
it changes the way that they have like learned to cook their entire lives. Like yeah. my brother is a straight up vegan. Like he, he, he is? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe some dairy he'll allow, but like not, no, no fish, no, like he's, he's the real deal. And when he goes home, my mom's like, I know you only eat vegetarian soups. So I made potato soup. There is ham in it, but they're big chunks so you can pick them out. That is not. That's a woman who's like, I don't care that you're vegetarian. That is exactly. It's a big F you. I'm really curious. You got to tell me your zodiac signs. Oh, sorry. I'm a a Sagittarius. Leo. Yes. Oh, okay. What are yours? I'm an Aries. And I'm a cancer. I'm going to wear my glasses since you're wearing your glasses. So, okay. Aries is, you just had your birthday. I did, April 7th. Oh, oh my daughter's April 8th. Oh, yes, fellow Aries. And my daughter, a, my daughter's a Cancer. She's July 13th. Um, June 24th. Oh, okay. You're Cusper then. Is yeah. a Sag. You're what? My husband's a Sag. What's his birthday? November 24th. 29th. Oh. So his birthday will sometimes fall on Thanksgiving. Yep, quite often. Mine has only done that. I think it is going to be this next year. It's only happened twice. Yeah, he's always like, uh, around Thanksgiving time, I have to start preparing birthday gifts and everything for him, as well yeah. as being ready for Thanksgiving. I'm like, all right. We're stressful, but we're worth it. I think his brother, <laughs> his brother is like Christmas. I think his brother's born on Christmas. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Then you're not getting any loot. <laughs> yeah. My brother's is, uh, um, Jan- uh, what do you call it? December 31st. So. December 31st, yeah. Christmas yeah. movies, yo. They got screwed when they were younger, huh? Oh yeah, two for ones. That's not. Well, as long as it doesn't happen to me, I don't care. Then what? As long as it doesn't happen to me, it's fine. That's true. It's very true. Well, mine is since I'm the 24th of June, I'm always around graduations, weddings, and the last day of school. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have that wonderful thick New York accent, don't you? No. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. But, you're, but you guys are in LA, right? No, we're in New York. She's, yeah. oh. she's in Manhattan. I'm in Queens. I love Queens. No <laughs> wonder he's got that beautiful woodwork behind you. I'm like, know, where's that in LA? Wisconsin. And we're like, where'd you find those in LA? Yeah. <laughs> Had those installed later or something. Cause yeah. We no, have no. cool architecture here. This is my bedroom. Well, this <laughs> is gorgeous. Where the magic happens. Oh, hey. Yeah. Good for you. I would not be able to contribute to that conversation, really, if that's the direction we go. Yeah, it's a lot of dark arts going on in my bedroom. Nothing really. Yeah, we have a lot. We just have a lot of like dark, quiet staring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we both like in our stocking. We watched um, the "I'm Mom So Hard" live on Amazon. Congratulations! It was was really great. We both loved it. We would love to do a live version of our show one day. So we were watching it with big, hopeful eyes. It was really great. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. They, it, I'm sorry. We both were like loving that you closed with a, with the Spanx. And the reason is because like in Latino culture, we call it fajas. And like, that's something we're given at like 13, like the minute for some reason that you're like a woman and you might be like a little chubby, you get a faja. So if I knew exactly when you were like, some girls wear this at the club because it was the skirt version, I was like, oh, I get that. I have that one. Yeah. 
But if you guys ever come to New York City, we will take you to Queens to, um, there's, it's called the Colombian Faja. And this is supposed to be the one that like, full blown puts you in your butt, goes up, it's called the Levanta Pompis, cause butt is Pompis. Pompies, yeah. Down because I love it so much. <laughs> Gotta put my was it my pompies in my. <laughs> I want all of my pompies to be pumped up. You levanta your pompies. Your pompies are high, so you. But I do. Like Latinas have like a like a good natural shape to them, and I'm like mostly German, so it means we're like flat chested and big legged. It's not a good look to go through age 13 with it's like you you look like the catcher on a softball team She's, boys softball team I mean, until if i you're could reach through this i'd punch her but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've seen your bodies on the special you yeah. both look great yes you do. that's what's funny people would come up to us and they were like wow that was really brave that you guys wear just spanks i could never do that and i was like well, it's way better than seeing me naked. Oh my God, yeah. That's like a way better version. I was like, this is like sucked in and pulled together. Like without this, it's it, it's just going to be like. <laughs> but that's also what I loved about like it because the confidence, your whole moment with your bellies, the confidence. I think that's the most important part for me because I was like, you were showing what we call like homegirls. Like that's just a moment between homegirls where you're like, this is the kind of stuff we do when we're drunk by ourselves. Yeah. Like, Let's just do it. And I love that. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. Gosh, Thanks. thank you so much. That's really it, nice. It literally came about that way where uh, I was at Kristen's house and she was feeling really bad about herself. And your baby was only like, what, a year and a half? 19, uh, like yeah, maybe. not enough Probably to worry maybe. about what your body was looking like really. And, uh, she was like, man, I got to get this fixed. I'm so upset about it. And I go, well, let me see it. I was expecting that she'd pull up her shirt and it would look like some train wreck. And I was like, that is it? That's what I have. Should I be upset about that? If we sat there and like made fun of each other's bellies and like poked at them. And like, we thought, man, if we could do this on stage and show other women, like we're all hiding that same stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Jen's a little more brave than me. Like we, um, this happened with our video of about swimsuits. It happened when we were doing the stomachs bit. I um, said, no, I don't want to do that. And my husband, who was our director and Jen, they're like, you can't talk about it and not show it. And I was like, but you can. That's what everybody <laughs> else does. I can. And he's like, but you got it. You got to show it. And then um, we were in Phoenix at our first show, going to show the stomachs. And I can't tell you guys, I have never been more nervous in my life. I've never been more scared. I was, I was as sick as a dog before the show. And we got to that part and it was like my whole body was like sunburned because I was so nervous. And we pulled up our shirts and we showed our business and the women like came out of their seats and they were like screaming. And I think that's what it took for me to have the balls to keep doing it. Cause like at no point am I like, boy, this is, this makes me feel good. But yeah. there was something about it that became far and for more um, sort of freeing as it happened. And now we like make faces with it. We're doing it at events. We're doing, we will show it to anybody that wants to see it. <laughs> 
that's amazing. And like I, I thought that was incredible. And talking about even you talking about how uncomfortable you were is amazing. Your audiences, by the way, speaking of your audiences, so into the show, so incredibly supportive. Now, like we know you guys have a super successful YouTube channel. But for people listening who may not know, can you tell everybody where the idea for I Mom So Hard came about? Where, how, where did it begin? You say, but I have to say first, Kristen, it's not that I'm braver. She's harder on herself. I'm like a little tone deaf to like, oh, should I be worried about that? Like, I, I don't really, you know what I mean? Like, if you read an article that's like, how to make your feet look better, I'm like, oh my God, my feet are so gross. Like, I don't, <laughs> like... She's just hard on herself, you know? Yeah. Well, it doesn't take a genius. When you look in the mirror and you're like, those aren't abs. Those are not no, abs. Because you're, you're, she's really brave. She puts it all out there. Um, thank you. I think what, if, uh, how, it all, how this all started for Jen and I was from a really um, very sincere place. We were both comedians and working in sketch and improv and doing other things like that. But our, you know, bringing home the bacon, we were doing other things. I was teaching, she was working in like cosmetic, pharmaceutical, how do you say it? Pharmaceutical sales, cosmetics, and more. Cosmeceuticals, it doesn't matter. Cosmeceuticals. <laughs> She's like, you got it wrong again. It's cosmeceuticals. I'm like, I don't know, skin stuff. And then we, um, I, I remember like both of us were feeling very, uh, like just fried and we were in my kitchen and the, the husbands took the kids out to the backyard, which was a rarity that we had a minute together. And the second that we had a minute together, we instantly both started saying, this is what's happening. This was what's happening. And then we started crying and then we instantly started laughing and we were like, like in a matter of four minutes. And then we were like, why doesn't anybody tell you how it really is? And then Jen was like, huh, I wonder if we, maybe this is a thing. Maybe if we, show a video of us doing it, which she called it a vlog. <laughs> She's like, if we make yeah. a vlog, and I was like, I'm sure that's called a web series, but we'll go to that later. Um, and we just show the, tell the truth, then maybe uh, it's something that everybody can relate to. And I think we both were at a place in our careers where we're like, well, we're not 20. We're not size zeros. We're women so it's probably over right so we should just do what we want to do that i mean honestly that's kind of a hard truth but we were just in that place where we felt like man we got a lot of work to do to get back to to this version that we were before and then we realized like oh no 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 this is the version we should be right now and then we started cooking with gas i guess wow that's awesome that's so interesting because right before you guys like um joined in on the call we were talking about um the show younger and we would talk, have you guys seen that show? Who's a, remind me, I think I have. It's a Darren Star show. It, it's about oh, yeah. the woman in her 40s who got divorced and her kid is older. And then she goes into publishing and says she's 27. Oh, that's and right. Yeah. Yep, yep. we, were, we were kind of talking about like the ethical and like, what would you do if you were in that situation when an industry tells you you're not of the age group of a starter position. And to like, you know, your experience is not enough because your age some, somehow like determines whether or not you would be right for the job. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say I'd do the noble thing, but I'd, I'd also like to say that I would do the, I'd lie. Yeah. 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 I mean, it depends. It depends because, you know, as comedians, as women, you already have an uphill battle period end of story just with those. So if you have any other situations that are, 
not working against you, but are the truth of the situation. Like if we, if you tell people, I mean, I'm not saying don't say your age because that's not the point of this conversation. I just I say, lie about my age all the time. And yeah, I feel like you barely know my truth because I'm squawking to everybody. My son just found out. He just found out how old I was. He's seven. <laughs> and it's because my husband lies and says he's 27. He is twice that age. But yeah. so he couldn't figure out the math. He was like, how like, if dad's that- 27? Are you 33? So <laughs> too stubborn and too Puerto Rican and too New York to lie about my age. I'm like, bitch, I'm 40. What of it? Wow, you yeah. look really young. That's what. That's not just a canned phrase, but I do get pissed when yeah. people don't say that when I say my age. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. When wow. people don't say it, like when I say I'm 40, and people go, all right, I'm like, well, hold on. We okay. did more drugs. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, does it, do, you know, I think I can play both sides on, on what is best for you. I think you got to read a room and if it's a room full of dudes and then, then you get, you, you get to play your, your deck the way you want to. You know? Sorry, and, like, and I feel like your age, it, it's not a part of your qualification. Like don't lie about where you like went right. to college or what other jobs you worked on. But quite frankly, you might be 40 and not have gotten a job that somebody's been in for 20 years because you are a woman or because of your ethnicity or something else. So your age is irrelevant, yeah. in my opinion. Shouldn't be a qu- I think it really comes up for women most of the time because I feel like yeah. for men, they're like, he's between 20 and 60. He could play anything. And for women, it's like, well, if she's 41, yeah. then that means she's 72. She could be, yeah, Jack Nicholson's love interest, maybe. Yeah, but. yeah maybe, but she's too old for Even that. Yeah. have said stuff to me like, well, I mean, you're not getting any younger. And you're just like, well, thanks. No shit, Sherlock. I know. Yeah, the age thing is weird. I think I only struggle with it for like a minute. And then I adhere to people that are the same age as me that are like kicking ass. And then I'm like, okay, okay. Like, as soon as everybody starts looking like we're in some sort of weird pharmaceutical commercial, then I'm going to probably panic. That's when you guys will see me. You'll be like, she's had so much work done. It's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> Well, not- you know what? Like, God bless Fred Willard. Oh, uh, God bless. Glass. Nobody knows his age, really. He's got different, like, Wikipedia entries. There's, like... I had a guy friend who would lie about his age. All he would never tell somebody. He was just as insecure as a lot of my female friends. He never wanted people to know his birthday. He never wanted people to know his age. If you asked his age, he would skirt the question. He wouldn't even lie. He would just skirt the question. See, but I think that's interesting because if a guy skirts the question, I think people look at it as like, oh, that was weird, and then let it be. But if a girl, it's like, oh, she's insecure. Same reason. They're both insecure. For some reason, it's acceptable that his is just like... You know, like, that's kind of the problem overall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how about this? Don't ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me. It's not a question you need to ask. I say to my kids all the time, don't ask me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of kids, I'm not going to lie to you. Seeing as how I'm going to be a first-time mom in a couple months. (gasps) Yeah, yeah. Here she is. Look at that! Uh, I'm due in July. And uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to pick your brains. Sure. Since I was, uh, I spent my morning watching a birthing video and it was nasty. Uh, it, re- it reminded me of the things that happen to your body that no one talks about portion of your show. 
Because um, I found out a lot when I got pregnant uh-huh. about my organs moving and everything. Isn't that um, the weirdest feeling? You're like, oh. oh, it's so bizarre. Is there anything else that you guys can, you know, as New Yorkers say, put me up on game on what I can expect in terms of motherhood and like right now I'm at seven. Oh, I thought you meant like the immediate. <laughs> Even so, that? That too, what I can expect when I'm in that well, living room. It's going to be a long day. Don't listen to anybody's birth stories because. Yeah, just don't. Every, everybody likes to say like, oh, I was pushing for 25 hours, which is actually not even a thing. Like that's, you can't do that. But so everybody's got this long, horrible story. Nobody tells you the one where they're like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, I don't know if I have birthing hips or what, but some people do have like a pretty easy labor. My grandmother had 13 and she delivered six at home. And I think the last two by herself. So I'm just saying (laughs) just by herself. She was just sitting there like, I think she was doing dishes and she was like, and then it like, like, oh, I'll do something. She's like, another one? What should I do? I know. Yeah. But Uh, so yeah, Jen's right. Don't listen to birthing stories. Yeah. And the other thing we talked about this very recently was how like right after you have the baby, we both had C-sections, but I think this, it feels like the front, if you have a C-section or it feels like your vagina, if you have a vaginal birth, that everything's going to fall out. Like when you're up finally walking around, your body feels like unstable. Oh. You're like, do I, are my intestines back there? Like what <laughs> is, it's so weird. Nobody, I, it's the oxytocin. You forget everything. So nobody remembers to tell you. Really? Yeah. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And I, and I don't mean to be gross. <laughs> you know, when you anticipate the days coming, talk to your doctor. I'm not a doctor. But uh, give yourself all the abilities to uh, have an easy first poop after baby. Because that is something nobody tells you about. And you will literally find, it's, you will find yourself in the bathroom like, did they forget one in there? Like you're like sweating. You're like holding the side of the walls. Like what? So just whatever you got, talk to your doctor about it. Say like, look, I just don't need any, I don't need any more trauma down there or in any other region. It, one took the hit. Everything else should be, you know, fine. Should be good, should be good by the There point. you go. That's about as blunt as you <laughs> And it no? is, I describe it as like the first five weeks, which is for five weeks, as soon as you have the baby, you feel a little like an animal. You're like, everything is so primal about you. It's all about taking care of the baby, like feeding the baby, like keeping, keeping yourself like just healthy, like minimum of healthy. Cause you have all these parts of your body that you're healing and stuff. And like, after five weeks, you start kind of like waking up into feeling human again. But it takes like three or four months till you feel like yourself. And it's all the like flush of hormones going out of your body and stuff like that. Like you can't even track a conversation sort of for like three months because you're not watching the news. You're not, but you don't care. It's not, I don't mean it to sound like it's bad. You, you won't care. You'll be too busy. You, that's the whole thing. You've got. You'd be looking at that baby and that baby's so cute. And you're like, I'm not going to get anything done. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. take 1,000 pictures and you're going to be like, I'm sorry, I don't need to post another one. And the whole world's like, just keep posting them. It's so joyful. We yeah. don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, don't feel in a hurry to do anything. Like, honestly, like, there's pressure that, like, nothing makes me more frustrated when somebody gets up and they're like, 
look, I just had a baby and I'm wearing a tube top and I'm, I'm back on, I'm, I'm spinning again. It's so fun. And I'm like, this is, first of all, that's your journey. That's fine. But like that puts a lot of pressure on somebody that carried 60 pounds after a baby. Cause yeah. until I stopped <laughs> nursing, my body was like, you would hold. I don't trust it. I don't trust. I mean, I'm taking away that woman's shoelaces if she's acted like she's that good. Who was in a tube top before the baby? Like, who was doing that? Like, girl, come on. Come on. Certainly not me. I feel that I wore a reasonable ensemble in pregnancy that was called I've Given Up. (laughs) It's like my husband. I love maternity clothes. I'm not going to lie. They're the best. They're amazing. They're the best. And having that big old belly makes you feel like you're like a queen. And then there's dudes that will find you attractive because of your belly. And you're like, you're disgusting, but I appreciate the compliment. (laughs) There are guys that are like, you are so hot pregnant. And I'm just like, oh, gross. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, As as moms, because I feel like, well, I'm not a mom. I'm an aunt. And that's my only experience with it. So like the only thing you. <laughs> I get to like give them back. That's my happy place where I'm like, I purposely love doing things with my niece and I'm going to do the same thing with her baby. And I'm just going to be like, okay, give them back. That's just now you're going to go home and you're going to watch whatever the fuck you want. Yep. <laughs> Sleep late. Oh. <laughs> but um, one thing that's like really interesting to me is when my sister had this moment for you, what was the first time you saw yourself in your kit? Like my sister has, cause my niece is now like five, but I remember the first time she saw a face, a personality, the first time I saw it, that I saw my sister and I was like, oh, that's a sign. <laughs> you know? That's Just funny. Uh, I think for me, Finn, I saw myself in Finn's face instantly. It was weird. Yeah. And it was weird because I was like, what is this giant thing inside my stomach? And then when he came out, I was like, you're everything I thought you were going to be and, and nothing I expected. It was this weird, bizarre thing of like, oh, now I got you. Now I know. And it's funny because when he's being now where he's nine and he's like doing his best, worst comedy bits or being like manipulative or being like a little naughty, I got him. I got him pegged because I can see it in myself. I did the same crap. It's like, it's like history's like, well, you get what you, you know. And then, but my daughter, my daughter, I still look at her and I'm like, are you, are you, do we look at the same? Are we, she's so sweet. And like, I just kind of like find myself in a little bit more awe of her, but not in a more that I like her more way. Because <laughs> I don't. They're different. Oh, are your earbuds dead? Yeah, they're. Di- I I was like, how come nobody's reacting to that beep boop 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 sound? And it's clearly <laughs> my earphones. So. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, like, what? My daughter is second. My son was first. And with my son, you know, because you're first, you have time to read everything, and like, you know, if you want to, like, learn all the stuff. <laughs> And uh, with the second one, you're like, let's just see what happens. Cause you don't have time. Cause you already got this baby. And like with her though, I, my brother's super smart. And I was always like the artistic one, which is a polite way of saying the second one can be dumb sometimes. So 
I was so like into math toys for my daughter, like giving her all these science kits and stuff like that. She just didn't want them. She wanted anything pink, anything shiny. She likes pretty stuff. That's, and that's me. So I was like, I guess she just came about it like kind of naturally. Like I like looking at stuff. I like rainbows. I like looking at things with cool colors and flowers and that's her. So you can't, no matter what you want them to be, they're going to like be what they are. Yeah. Right. You just don't want to get in the way of it. You know, that's the hardest part as a mom. You got to be like, all right, how much of this is good for you or just me living out my own stuff? Like, yeah. you know, and you got to just let them be who they are. And like my son, he barfs literally. He like gags if he sees blood, if he, like the idea of going to a doctor's office makes him feel sick to his stomach. And I was like, well, there continues the no doctor situation in our family. <laughs> She's very scared of doctors. I'm scared of doctors, but I wanted my son to be one just for bragging rights because I'm not above it. Okay. I'm not above it. <laughs> not above wanting him to be a doctor. <laughs> but then, but then I'm like, he wants to like, he's like, uh, mommy, I want to write m music for movies. And then I want to be a professional athlete. And I'm like, all right, well, one of those might land on something. Yeah. He'll land on something. You know what? And as long as he's happy, I don't, I, that's all I care about. As long as he's a decent human and he's happy, that's literally, that's enough work in itself. Yeah. That's the thing that I always talk to my husband about is making sure that the two of us honor the fact that this is a separate human being and yeah. we can't put our dreams and our anxieties and everything on, on him, you know. But you will and it's okay. <laughs> I think instinctually, like just with my mom, when I think back to my childhood, like the things that my mom was like in the lessons, the only lessons that we really get taught are the lessons that our parents were taught by their parents. Totally. So, you know, by default, we're learning the same things that my mom learned as a child because she's teaching me the only way she knows how. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so trying to fix that system is like, all right, well, how do I let him be a free thinker but also not strangle him when he's being a little shit? Uh, yeah. Let me know. When you figure that out, we'll leave you let me know. <laughs> well, I'll still be yeah. in the shit, so let me know. <laughs> the fact that you're, like, thinking about it is – means you're going to be a great parent. We, we always say like everyone like is so scared to not be that like parent that leaves the kids in the car while they go into the casino that you feel like, Oh, I got to like, yeah, make sure I do everything exactly right. And just like, you're, you're going to be a thoughtful parent. Like that's how you go through life. There's no way you're going to like go, go, I've done everything like pretty okay. And then I'm going to majorly fuck up with my kids. Oops. Sorry. Right. But <laughs> But when you say, Jen, we talk all the time about like, and I don't see it in my own mother. And this might be a generational thing. Like, I feel like my mom would be like, yeah, I was, I was, I was a good mom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Or like, I'd be like, you know, whatever it was like, do you think you should have had a car seat when everybody was saying you should have a car seat? Nah, you were fine. Laugh. I'm like, yeah, because the... There was no incident, but like you were still walking the straight and narrow or like, Hey mom, I think the top of my head that one time needed stitches. Now nah, you're fine. Look, you're fine. I'm like, okay, but I'm not great at math. And no, I'm not only you're, you're lucky. That's what it is. As a parent, you're lucky that I was fine. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they just played the odds and I'm like, 
both of them. It's just a different like style of parenting, and I don't know if it's better because they would be like, "You guys give your kids trophies for everything and totally. all that." But if you said to my mom like, "Oh, I think you hurt his feelings," she'd be like, "What are those? He's a child." <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, as get a, over you it. Have to learn that lesson of honoring somebody's feelings because I'm the one that's like, "What are these feelings you speak?" <laughs> And there's a lot of them. My daughter, literally, I try to, I try to do the right thing, but I'm like, honestly, your feelings get hurt every four seconds. We're in the pool. He did not mean to step on your goggles. It was a total accident. You're losing your mind right now. I've never seen you cry so hard. And then you're going to be fine in 14 seconds. And she was fine. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with in a quarantine. I'm just telling you. <laughs> What's her sign again? She's a Sag. No, she's what you are. She's oh, an cancer. Her daughter's an Aries, yeah. Oh, and I'm a Sagittarius, and my husband is emotional. What is what is Colin? March third, he's a Pisces or a, a, a no Pisces. Aquarius. I don't remember. Pisces. It's a Pisces. I could help figure some stuff. And out. so Cat would fun. Yeah. Cat would know. He's a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I have a really random. Yeah. Yes. Anything. <laughs> if you had the money. And we're thinking about another child. Would you surrogate like Kim K? Yes. <laughs> I, if Wait, I, do I have to use the money for a surrogate? <laughs> if you were going to have another child, but you had the money. I w don't want to spend the money on a child. I want a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would, just, I would just probably have the baby go to the yard, get my body fixed. <laughs> I'm saying like, do I have to have a baby? Can I just have the money? <laughs> Can I just keep my money and just keep my baby fantasy? Can I adopt and keep yeah. money? Um, I don't, I, I wasn't, I did have baby fever. And then um, once we kind of, I, I don't know, I go in and out still. Like I could still like foresee myself with a baby. But I've also come to a place in our life where I'm like, no, this is our crew. Like everybody, Eleanor's seven, Finn's nine. They're, they're the best time of childhood. Like I feel like once Eleanor hit five, I was kind of like, all right, you got to be all right with this. Cause then the age difference between my son and a new baby would be so vast. They wouldn't know each other. So I started to do the math like that. And that comforted me. I was like, I want the sibling thing, you know, yeah, there is a thing about and a Tesla. Between my <laughs> older sister, we're, there's a 14-year age difference. Wow! Eldest brother, there's um, probably about maybe, maybe about 16-year age difference, maybe. Wait, but how many years between you and the younger? Me, I have an identical twin, so we're <gasps> the youngest. Yeah. Get out! Is yeah. she a comedian as well? No, she is a personal trainer. Uh, she's a fitness instructor in New Jersey. No, that's so cool. Man, twin life. Did you think maybe you were going to have twins? I did. I actually low-key was hoping for twins at first because when I first found out I was pregnant, I had always said to myself, because my sister, she had, she had a daughter years ago, my, uh, my niece Jordan, and um, she didn't have twins. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll be the one to like have twins. And I mean, just feeling one baby, I'm good. I don't need another one. But like with with my mom having twins, it would have just been cool to have that experience and have my mom and I be able to talk about it, you know. Maybe number two might be maybe number two and three. Well, my mom didn't know she was having twins. That's the crazy part. Like, um, she never went 
my mom is so Puerto Rican. Like she's so, she really does not like to talk to doctors about nothing. She don't want to let the doctor, she didn't want an ultrasound. She didn't want none of that. So she just went, yeah, she just went through the pregnancy. And the day she was giving birth, I came out first and the doctor was like, there's another one in there. And my mom's response was, are you drunk? Like, (laughs) thought the doctor was drunk she was like there's no way there's two babies in there and my here's the thing even if they would have had a sonogram i'm more than positive gina was standing in front of her sister (laughs) hello is there a camera nearby (laughs) there's no need for that one well my sister was so tiny they had to put her in an incubator so apparently man gina was sucking the life out of them <laughs> That's fantastic, man. We we have a lot of moms with multiples, you know, in our in our crowd, and uh, it's always incredible. Like we'll do shout outs at the shows, and we'll be like, "How many people with twins? Big cheers! How many people with triplets? Ooh. Cheers! How many people with quadruplets? Cheers!" We're like, "Y'all need to stop putting out." <laughs> like, I can't imagine. I cannot. How are you here? How are you at this event? Yeah, what are you doing? I would, I would be like, I'd be fine having twins or triplets first because then you wouldn't know how much harder it is oh. to have twins than just having one. But people who have them like, like we're just going to go for one more. And then they have multiples. That's a real like kick in the seat from the universe. Yeah. yeah. I don't need, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I got a golden retriever and a, a new uh, adopted puppy that keeps me very busy and we're all good here. But not a Tesla. But not a, no. If you knew my car woes, I'm not going to bore you. But Jen's like, Jen's like, I'm going to check my phone for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a, a segment of the show called Dear Gina where people write in for, they write in for advice. And we always handpick the questions and, and stuff for our guests because we get some submissions. And this one we thought was very fitting. <laughs> for everybody's situation right now. So here's our dear Gina for today. We'll all take a stab at giving some advice. Um, dear Gina, I know you're currently pregnant, as am I. I'm at eight months. I'm starting to worry a little bit that I'm going to go into labor since we're still quarantined. Uh, is there something you're also worried about? And are there any preparation tips you're looking into? Congrats and stay safe. Um, well, thank you, first of all. You stay safe too, and congrats to you. Um, I wasn't nervous at first. When all this happened, I wasn't nervous until my girlfriend, who's due like uh, the first week of July, started buying Pampers and started watching home birthing videos because she was so paranoid. So then that got me paranoid. And I was like, oh my God, I have to prepare for a home birth, which was not my plan at all. So I started watching uh, home birthing videos. I started watching all these instructional videos on how to breathe on just in case I can't make it there. Cause Lord knows what's going to happen. In yeah, sure, 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 sure. So trying to stay calm, I tried to educate myself. Um, and I, but I also talked to my doctor and I was like, Hey, what are the chances that I'm not going to get to the hospital on time or that I'm not going to be seen because of everything that's going on. And he reassured me, he was like, no, maternity has nothing to do with what's going on in the world right now. Right. It's a separate department. You yeah. will be okay. We will be prepared for you. There's nothing to worry about. So I would say talk to your doctors. Have a birth plan ready if you're, if you're planning a birth plan. Um, that's the only thing I can think of as advice is 
make sure to communicate with your doctor your fears and your worries and plan it out. I had my husband drive to the hospital so we know the route to the hospital just in case you know, we need to get there sooner rather than later if I go into labor earlier than my due date. So make a plan. That's all you can do. Plans go awry all the time, but at least have one if it gives you some sense of security. So That's good advice. That's really good advice. That I'm, is. And be, don't be hard on yourself if that plan does go awry, because at least half the time they just do, you know, like it's, I, I, I thought I would just like, push out the baby like really fast. I never dilated. So I pushed for like two hours and like I, my water broke like a movie, like on the first one. And so we, you know, raced to the hospital and then for two days, I just like sat there with nothing happening and my, I didn't dilate. So, uh, they had to do a C-section and some people get really disappointed by that, but I was so exhausted and they'd taken out the epidural that I was like, I don't know how to push. And they were like, well, it's like you're going poop. And I was like, I don't remember how, like, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> Nothing works right now. And I pushed for two hours and the doctor said to my husband, all right, so we've made her do like a hundred pushups and we're going to need her to do a hundred better pushups in order for her to have this baby. And he goes, you better do a C-section. Yeah. Jen does not enjoy doing a pushup. So doing 100 was a big ask and her husband did the right thing. He was like, <laughs> and we're out. You know, I think, I think moms right now, expectant moms like yourself right now, during everything that's happening right now, it must be like this. It's such an unfair added worry to what's going on. But my mom surprisingly gave me the best advice when I was worried because I had a, I was um, induced on my first baby. And then the second with Eleanor, I had to go on bed rest. And so I was on bed rest almost the whole pregnancy, like laying down. So I was like, what's going to happen? How's my body going to react? And she goes, your body is a machine and it will know what to do on the day. And that baby will come out. And I was like, that's the most mid, that's the sibling. That's 13 siblings she has. Yeah talking like your body's going to do what it's supposed to do however i also would like to just say like we've seen such extraordinary kindness from the medical community right now i can't help but think they aren't like pulling a full star wars situation on the on the NICUs and all the labor and delivery departments to keep moms safe and babies safe and because i think to them it's literally the most important thing so I just think that we, we, we can have faith in our medical community to help moms that are delivering. And like, I would be wary to say like, well, I'm going to have a home birth now because I don't want to go to a hospital. I don't, I don't, I'm not pregnant right now. So I don't know what I would say, but that to me feels, that would make me feel nervous. Like, oh really? Am I going to have like, who's going to catch? Cause my husband will birth and pass out. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> I do this on my own. <laughs> that's the whole thing like right now in the universe it's like you know what take advice from medical professionals and not your co cousin Rodney on Facebook <laughs> as an auto mechanic he doesn't know virology or anything he doesn't and everybody has a lot of advice I think you have to be comfortable with your own plan I didn't even know what a birth plan was or that people had them I was like well, I mean, <laughs> I was like, there's just it, come, the baby, you have a baby, right? That's you didn't even plan that pregnancy. That's it. It's there. It just happened. Yeah. 
I didn't plan the pregnancy or the baby. So how, like, I, I went and looked at a bunch of open houses the day I went into labor with Eleanor. I was like, I was, I was looking at a nice three, two in Woodland Hills. And I was like, I think I'm having a baby right now. And so then they took me to the hospital. Don't ask me for advice. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great advice. Kat, do you want to add anything? I'm not a mom. But <laughs> if, hypothetically, I were in this situation, I'm just like the most absurd person sometimes. So if I had my partner, I would just practice the whole like, um, you know, like a, a cry wolf. So I would have him trained where I would fake it. I would think it so many times. Your instincts would be like, oh my God, it's happening. Knowing full well that it's not happening. And the minute we get into the parking lot, be like, okay, you did well. That was under five minutes. We can there you that. go. And make sure you're minutes. married to a woman if you want somebody to be that alert. Because <laughs> <laughs> my husband read zero of the books he was given, like at our couple's shower. He knew nothing about anything. Yeah, same. He's not reading the books he's not i'm telling him everything he was like cramming on his computer like googling stuff while i was in labor like after <laughs> i think Jen was like can you get off your computer can you get off your computer and he's like i just saw this really funny gif that i thought i would <laughs> i uh I taught high school at a at a school for kids that were like at risk, if you will, like it was a continuation school or alternative education. And I was so pregnant with Finn and I used to pretend like I was going into labor. And I would just like to say that I single-handedly created so much celibacy in that school. Like they were like, you guys have like the lowest teen pregnancy rate of any school in the area. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> like don't you're get welcome. pregnant. <laughs> well i want to thank you guys for joining us i know that we we have a uh schedule that we have to keep uh and i want to make sure that we stay on time but before we go i wanted you guys if you just tell people where they can find you guys where they can find i'm mom so hard whatever you guys want to shout out uh go right ahead well we live on facebook and instagram and we do have a youtube channel we just try to go like where we call them the moms. Everybody thinks we're talking about our moms, but they're not. They're the moms who are fans. And a couple of dudes. A couple of yeah. random dudes. It's fine essential. Greg, just Instagram. one. At our mom's so hard. Yeah. And uh, we're about to have a podcast like you guys, which is pretty cool. Uh, we're working on that. And uh, we have a book, which is kind of neat. And yeah, we're, we're really excited to be here. And you guys inviting us made us feel very cool. So, yeah. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you for coming, seriously, and thanks for all the great stories and the great advice. We appreciate it so much. Kat, tell the lovely people where they can find you. Thank you for pointing in my direction. I did. I pointed. Did you so thing? Look at Zoom now. <laughs> I don't know what direction it shows that I'm pointing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you can find me, uh, it's just Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-G dot Mendoza on everything but twitter twitter is kathy k-a-t-h-i-e grace two four very nice you guys know you can find me at g brion on instagram the website is gina brion.com or dot net because ballin uh <laughs> my hbo special uh called easily offended it's out on all streaming platforms uh, my first special ever just made it to amazon which is called specifically speaking and i have a new hour coming out on amazon on June 5th called The Floor is Lava. 
that you guys can check out. I'm uh, we're on Patreon. So if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, you get exclusive stuff like this video here. Uh, everybody else can listen on iTunes and everything else. Find me on Cameo if you want a shout out or motivational video. I got you covered. Uh, you guys know that I like to end the show with a piece of advice that my mom gives me to this day. Um, when life throws a lot at you, take it one catastrophe at a time. Uh, Until next time, guys. Bye, Jesus. Thank bye. you so much for having us. One last thing to say to you guys. You both had C-sections, right? My mom had a C-section with all her kids. My mom will say she has um, virgin pooch. This is literally what she tells us. She goes, nobody ever came out of there. And I'm like, right, you're right. You're right. No, she makes a strong point, but I still pee my pants all the time. So I, I feel know. like I've just got the weakest kegels, kegel muscles. So there's nothing virginal for many reasons. You know, my, my situation. <laughs> okay. On the virgin cooch note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, ladies. Thanks, good luck to you. Both of you. Yes, it was a pleasure. Bye, guys. Don't think I swim in it like David. Yeah, do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm -hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.